It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Bust and Loose Baseball, hosted by Grant Paulson and Toby Altizer, gives you in-depth analytics and interviews on everything baseball in the nation's capital. Now, here's your host, Grant Paulson and Toby Altizer. You mentioned the outfield. I wanted to real quick look at the, the system from that perspective. Now, I will tell you, you never draft based on what's in your system, ever. And you, especially at the beginning of the draft, you know, top five picks. You, this is not football. There's no need, right? Because these guys are, if it's a high schooler, they're going to be there in uh, hopefully three years, four years. You know, if it's a college player, maybe it's a year or two. And in this case with Cruz, it could be really soon. But the point is, you're not drafting for tomorrow or need or anything like that. But the one thing they have a lot of in their system is outfield talent. I mean, if you look at outfield versus infield right now, in terms of guys that could end up being impact players at the major league level, in the outfield, you've got James Wood, Elijah Green, Robert Hassel, Christian Vaccaro, Jeremy De La Rosa. In the infield, you have Brady House. Like, that, that's pretty much it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> now, at the, at the top of the draft board, for the record, um, there's not an infielder anyway. So but my, it's basically Paul Skeens versus an outfielder. Uh, but you don't draft for that. I'm not suggesting that they should. Uh, my point is just, you know, there is some thought. If, you, if you're looking at pitching, you don't really have a number one if Gore doesn't become one. Cavalli's probably not that guy. Bennett is probably not that guy. You know, but, but Bennett, Henry, Cavalli, those could be, you know, slot in uh, high ceiling to floor of like a two through a four or something like that. You got some back end guys, maybe, or like what I would call four four starter types, fifth starter types in Rutledge, or if things work out, maybe like Andrew Lara. I'm, I'm not as high on him, but point being, teams don't have aces normally. It's really, really hard to find the schemes. So if they just go with that as a pitching org, and you know what Rizzo thinks of high end pitching, and, and it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, but even though we say they can't go wrong, we mean they can't go wrong on draft night. Like you can obviously go wrong. Two years from now, I mean, imagine if Paul Skeens becomes Verlander and Dylan Cruz is, you know, we thought Spencer Torkelson of the Tigers was can't miss. It was breaking Barry Bonds record at Arizona State, and he's still struggling to, to really be an impact middle of the order bat in the major league. So they've got to get this right. There's no doubt about that. Uh, speaking of which, Elijah Green, speaking of trying to get things right, uh, I, I've always I, I love the upside, but I've always been dubious and skeptical of the swing and the, the swing and miss. I don't like guys who swing and miss in high school as much as he did albeit against good competition at IMG Academy, 104 strikeouts in 208 at-bats, half of his at-bats in A-ball for the now 19-year-old right-handed bat. I've noticed he has not played the last few days. They're giving him a maybe a little bit of a break. I got to see what's going on with him, make sure he's healthy. But for the year, he is striking out 50% of the time. And if you look at his recent few games, Toby, uh, his last game he played in, he was 0 for 4 with four strikeouts. 
Game before that, 0 for 3 with two Ks. Game before that, 1 for 5 with four strikeouts. I mean, he had struck out. I'm just going to give you the strikeout totals per game leading up to getting the last few days off. 3, 2, 2, 2, 2, 4, 2, 4. I mean, so at least two strikeouts per game for over a week. It's, it's, it's not getting a lot better in terms of the contact. I will say I texted someone who watches him every single day in the minor leagues, and they said, number one, he is having much better at bats than he did in April, whether it looks like it or not. That's irrefutable. They said, number two, they're very encouraged by the fact that while he's having these terrible struggles making contact and swinging uh, in the strike zone, that he's not taking it with him to the field, that he still impacts the game as a base runner. I mean, he has 22 steals. He's playing a really good center. So they think that that's a sign of maturity and like a really good sign that if he could fix the swing, basically, you've still got a really, really, really good player. Uh, but, man, those strikeouts are disconcerting at A-ball. Yeah, it's pretty tough. I mean, he's now down to the 85th prospect, according to MLB Pipeline, just because of the early season struggles. And the ceiling is still there. And if you read stuff about him, you know, the the tools are all there. He can be a five-tool guy at the major league level. The problem is he can't hit the baseball. And that's something that is the paramount thing for a hitter. You have to be able to put the bat to the ball. I mean, whether you can hit for power, whether you can hit for average, whatever, if you're just not hitting the baseball and you're striking out 50% of the time in a ball, it's pretty discouraging. Now, it's not to say that we're giving up on him. I know we talk about him a lot in negative lights here on the podcast. It's not to say that either of us are giving up on him. It's just a little bit discouraging when you draft a guy that high and with the fifth pick and he's got all these tools and you hope that they can develop him, and he just cannot hit the baseball. And I think that he's got all the potential in the world, but if he cannot put the bat on the ball, then it really doesn't matter. The thing that I'm hopeful for is that the nationals can find a way to fix the swing. I don't want this to be a scenario where we're three years down the road. He's still struggling. The nationals decide, all right, we're going to move on from him. They trade him to another organization. They fix his swing. And he turns out to be the guy that the nationals thought they were getting in the draft. That's what worries me with Elijah green is if the nationals don't find a way to develop him. I think the tools are all there. I think the potential's there. Can the nationals get it out of him? And I'm not, I don't have the most faith that they're going to be able to. I think that someone could, I don't know that it's the nationals though. Yeah. I mean, look at James Wood is an example. Now, to their credit, he has thrived and continued to develop in their system, but the Padres made a swing adjustment with him after the draft when everyone said he was going to have swing and miss, and uh, you know it, it obviously worked very, very favorably. All right, final thoughts, Toe, before we get out of here. Looking ahead for the Nationals, uh, they wrap up their series, as I said, today. They're, they got the Mariners, and then the Philadelphia Phillies are hosting them at Citizens Bank Ballpark up 95. The Cincinnati Reds come into town. Next Monday after that, I cannot wait to see Ellie De La Cruz for four games. Mackenzie Gore continues to do things that give you lots of hope for the future. The first pitcher in Nationals history, which is crazy when you think about the guys that have come through here, but the first pitcher in Nationals history to strike out the first six batters of the game. Incredible. Max and never did that? No, no. He was the That's first crazy. ever. Crazy To think of the guys that have come through here, and he's the first to do that. And the way that he can make Juan Soto look foolish in the box, too, and he struck him out the third time and Soto was giving him a little head nod like, yeah, that was a good pitch. You got me on that one. 
it just makes me think that once he gets fully accustomed to the big league level, once he gets fully accustomed to the grind that is 162-game season, maybe it's not this year, maybe it's after the All-Star break, who knows, but maybe it's next season. Once he gets fully dialed in and gets used to it, I think he's going to be really good. It's just pitch count is still an issue with him. You'd love to see him go deeper into ball games, but again, I think you're nitpicking with Mackenzie Gore right now. Every time you watch him, he shows you something new. His fastball's electric. I think once he can start working on some of these other pitches, maybe add in that change up a little bit more if he can get some of the feel for that back. I think overall, though, what I've seen from Mackenzie Gore, especially this last outing against San Diego, very encouraging, and I'm excited to see what he can do the rest of the season. Yeah, I'll be tracking two left on left with him. We talked about it earlier in the season, but lefty's hitting 347 off him, righty's 236. He's a left-hander. Like that, that doesn't make sense. That's not how that's supposed to go. Uh, but, man, he has been really, really good uh, at times. And as you said, that is a crazy stat. Good nugget on the uh, six straight batters. All right, thanks to producer Darius, as always, and thanks to Toby. I'm Grant saying so long for Boston Loose Baseball. We appreciate everybody listening. We'll be back later in the week.